morning. God bless you. It's good to be here again. It's good to see some of you I've not seen for some years now because of the COVID thing. But thank God that God kept you and I alive and have given us a chance to meet again and to see face to face. Now, we, I've been preaching a lot on television and Zoom and all that, but it's always good to see people face to face. And church is not online. Church is you being physically present in the house of God. Amen. So, thank God for the chance. And again, you have to understand that is a reason why we didn't die through the COVID. And we, one of, as I've been saying through this, one of the worst things in our human history is when we don't learn the right lessons through what we went through. God told the Israelites, I took you to the wilderness, through the desert, through the, all the tests and trials that you went through in the wilderness. Why? So you might learn that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Now, I don't know what you and I have learned through the COVID. So if we learn the right lessons, then we go to the next class. If you don't, the lesson is repeated. And there are a lot to learn today. And there are a lot to learn this morning. And a lot to learn in the evening. I have prayed for you. And I believe God that what he sent me here to use me to accomplish this weekend, that it will be accomplished. To his glory and to his praise. Father, I love and adore you and bless you, all mighty God. Lord of heaven and earth, I give myself to you. I am nothing without your spirit. Use me, O God. Glorify your name and bless your heritage this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I want the brother to flash the pictures from the, uh, this thing. While I'm getting the scripture for you this morning, I want to show you something uh, from this, I think this, okay, this is the classroom of the school. Pastor Mitch, the school, the classrooms. All right, another picture, another picture, another picture. All right? Right down there in the east of Nigeria. These are children learning and studying computers in the school. And this is them standing by the building there, you can see. I hope I'm not hiding anybody from seeing. These are, they also do their hand, they learn thread, so they're able to produce some things on their own. They do knitting, they do all kinds of thread. That's part of their work, what they produce there. Praise the Lord. Uh, so one more picture if you can, if there's a more. Oh, that's all. Okay, that's it. All right, now I will let, try my best to get you my, my Disney TV programs here in USA. I am on Amazon Fire, Roku TV, Pacific Time USA, Sundays, 4 p.m., Monday, 3.30 a.m., Wednesday, 1.30 p.m., Thursday, 4.30 p.m., Friday, 6.30 p.m., I will try to give that to the brass so you can put it also on the screen, maybe in the next service. But I'm here on television, uh, this um, Amazon Fire TV, Roku TV, and there are other portals there, um, one, two, three, four, five, five times a week. And also all over Europe and America on TBN. Hallelujah, but praise be to God. Wow, 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 wow. Is anybody happy? Now, if you are not, you're not doing badly. Sometimes I like to meet people who are not happy. And when you're not happy, that means you want more. <laughs> Somebody say hallelujah. And it is good to be shocked in the church and surprised and taken aback. Here we read in Matthew chapter 26, 
and in the New Testament. Oh, just pray for me that I don't fly up. I'm serious. <laughs> You're going to hold me down, brother. I'm trying to keep myself calm. Pastor Mitch, I've set up something here. I feel something here this morning. Pray I don't fly up this morning. But anyway, Matthew 26 and verse 26. Wow. Tazumete kubadaya. 26, 26 of Matthew, and as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take it, this is my body. So me, take it, this is my body. Now, if Christ was here today, and he is, and he broke that bread and he said, hey, this is my body, take and eat. Would you take it? Who would take it? Now, some will say, I'll go home and think about it. If he was here this morning, and he's here, and he's breaking the bread, the bread is his word. He is breaking the bread this morning before us with the word of God is the bread of God. He's breaking this bread to you, and he said, take it and eat it. And he didn't say, give it to somebody else. He said, you eat it yourself by yourself into your own mouth. Take and eat. If he is here this morning, breaking the bread, giving it to you, would you really take it? Okay, you may, but it is important you understand what it means to take the broken body of Jesus Christ and eat. Now, and look what he said the next time. The next verse he says, And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, drink ye all of it. That means take it and drink it. Take it and eat it and take it and drink it. For this is my blood. Of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. This is my body that is broken for you. Take it, eat it. This is my blood. Take it, drink it. My blood of the New Testament. Come on, church. It is time we allow the Holy Ghost to tell us what he wants to tell us. Set your pastors free. Set your preachers free so they can tell you what is in their heart. Please, I beg you. Listen, the problem in American church is not the preachers. It is the congregation. Because if you tell them what, what they don't want to hear, they leave the church. So they hold the people, they hold the preachers in ransom. So even though you see people dying and you know what to tell them, but you can't. Because they don't want to hear the truth. I pray for you. I pray for myself. That these things that are happening in the world. The shakings and the death and destruction. That at last the church, the body of Christ might be at last ready to hear the truth. At last. So Christ and Jesus Christ never minced words. He knew what he said, and he said what he meant. He never, he never tried to make things easier. He told you just as it is. I, 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 I like reality. I, I don't like cover-up. I like to dig to the root of the matter. I don't like to deal with the branches. And it is time we understand. And so Christ takes that bread, and he breaks that bread, and he gives to you as a person. 
He gave it to you as a person, as if you are the only person on earth. This is my body that is broken for you. Take it, it is. This is my blood of the new covenant. Take it and drink it. Do you know what that means? The Jewish people there, those disciples, they understood what it meant. Even in the ancient Roman generals, when they are about to go to war, the general will stand before the army. And they will break bread. And they commit themselves to the war that nobody will turn back. That you must be willing to shed your blood for Rome. So when Christ said, this is my body that is broken for you. This is my blood of the New Testament. Take it and drink it. Those disciples knew what it meant. It meant not only my blood, any person who eats the bread, any person who drinks this wine, your blood also will be mixed in the new covenant. That means you can never draw back. Whatever this New Testament demands of you, it is a covenant. It is an oath. You can't pull back. You must fight. Everything you are, everything you have must be totally, completely given to the New Testament. So it's not just his blood. It is your blood. It is my blood. It is all of us. Anything it demands. If it means us dying, if it means you going to India, if it means you going to Pakistan, if it means you fasting, whatever it demands, it is my blood of the New Testament. You see, Jesus Christ came to establish the covenant. In Luke chapter 2, the first place Christ shed his blood was in Luke chapter 2. Maybe you don't know that. But in chapter 2, he came and he had to be circumcised into the Abrahamic covenant. Say with me, he had to be circumcised into the Abrahamic covenant. And this is very, very important because Jesus Christ came as the messenger of the covenant. The covenant that God made with Abraham. So he had to come. He must be the divine. You see, in, the, in chapter 15 of Genesis, when God and Abraham passed through the, the blood, the blood line, when God said, Abraham, take a lamb, kill a lamb, kill a, this, and, and put cut it in two. One part here, one part there. And in the evening, God and Abraham passed through their bloodline. That means their destiny is interlocked. That's covenant. That's why God gave Abraham the covenant of our circumcision. Every male has to be circumcised. Their blood had to flow to the Abrahamic covenant. So God had to come also in the body of Jesus Christ to be circumcised and his blood mixed with the blood of Jews. So any man, Abrahamic covenant, any man that was circumcised, his blood and the blood of Jesus Christ was mixed together. That means both of you are intrinsically interwoven and inseparable. I can die for you. You can die for me. You don't live for yourself anymore. You live for me and I live for you. 
All you are, all you have is mine. All I am, all I have is yours. I can die for you. That means you don't have to knock on the door before you come in. So the, the, the problem we have today is this. Many of us Christians don't understand Christianity. And some of us don't even want to understand. They think Christianity is believing in God. They hidden believe in God. God has nothing to do with any human being who is not in covenant with him. God has nothing to do with religion and Christianity. That's why God told Moses, tell the Jewish people to make me a tabernacle that I might come and dwell among them. God is omnipresent. He's everywhere every time. But when you are in covenant with him, he gives you a covenant presence. So near covenant presence. So he made, they made a tabernacle. And in that tabernacle, in the Holy of Holies, God's presence, come on, put for me now, right now, the Ark of the Covenant, please. Can you? The Ark of the Covenant. Can you find a picture? Right? They forgot. Is Sean there? Come on. Put on. Okay, so here, keep it for a while. Now, this was kept in the Holy of Holies. It's called the Ark of the Covenant. In all the rituals of Judaism, the only place there was a genuine presence of God, the Shekinah glory, was between the two wings of the cherubim. God's presence comes down between the wings, the Shekinah glory, on top of the Ark of the Covenant. So God is telling you, I will meet you nowhere else. The only place you can really know my presence and meet me and have intimacy with me and I hear you and you hear me is between the wings of the cherubims and the Ark of the Covenant. He is a covenant God. He's a covenant-keeping God. He doesn't operate in religion. All he wants is that you come right in and meet him on the basis and on the conditions of the covenant. He's a covenant-keeping God. Can somebody say hallelujah? Now, go ahead and put the next picture of the Ark of the Covenant. And now we see, here are the priests. Whenever the Jewish people were in trouble, in 1 Samuel chapter 4, they had this terrible war going on, and they were about to lose the war. And they ran and brought the Ark of the Covenant to the war front. Say with me, bring the Ark of the Covenant into the midst of the war. We are, war is now raging all over the world. If you don't know how to bring the Ark of Covenant to the, into the war front, you will lose the battle. God, God will only hear the voice of covenant. He is not bound to help anybody. He's not bound to save anybody. He's not bound to deliver anybody who is not in covenant with him. Covenant. So when they are in chaos, they will call for the ark. They will run for the ark. They will bring the ark. In fact, when the Philistines, their enemy, 
heard that the ark was now in the war front, in the front line. The entire army of the Philistines went into tears. They screamed and said, Woe unto us, for the ark of the covenant of Israel has come in the midst of the battle. That means the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is now the one to fight for them. In this end time, you, you and I must understand how to bring God's presence into the battle. If not, the devil will weary you. The devil will ruin your mind. And so, they would run and bring the Ark of the Covenant. You know what I'm talking about. You have a wonderful Bible teacher. I don't have time to go to all the details. When they were crossing River Jordan, Joshua told the people, the priests will carry the Ark. And the moment the priest took up the ark and touched River Jordan, the river did what? The river divided. So the ark of God's covenant is the way maker. When, when the ark comes to the river, the river divided. And they were able to pass through dry land. When you are standing before a mountain, before a river, an ocean, an ocean of hell and chaos, you cry, you pray, you talk. Nothing is happening. You have to learn to bring into the midst of the battle the Ark of the Covenant. When you are crying to God, God doesn't want to hear your voice. He's looking if you are circumcised. Do you have the mark of the Ark of the Covenant? If you cannot find in you the mark of circumcision, He's not bound to help you. You are an outsider. You have no covenant with the God of Israel. And so no hope. You are outside the promises. And so we have to understand. In fact, you, you remember there when they were about to go around the wall of Jericho. God told them, take the trumpet, but let the priests bear the ark. And they had to carry the ark on their shoulder and walk around Jericho once every day. Say with me, carry the ark and walk around the walls. When, he was, when your back is against the wall, when you are facing unimaginable hindrances in your life, when you don't know which way to turn, anywhere you turn, you hit the wall. Anywhere you turn, you hit the wall. If you learn to carry the ark of the covenant and march around that wall of disease and sickness and pain and shame and humiliation. I tell you, nothing can stand before the ark of the covenant. When you and I understand the power of the covenant, you can see the enemy flee. Kamure Hesuramaya. And they carry the ark. Anytime, even in the season of Jehoshaphat, when they are facing a formidable enemy, that they, can, they can't even, they are outnumbered, they are out everything, they don't know, they say, we don't know what to do. All they go to, they go to the Holy of Holies. They pick up the ark and carry the ark on their shoulders. And they cry out, let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. Let God arise. And many of us today, 
does not know how to bring in the act of God's covenant into our problems. David tried to bring the ark. But the, he messed it up. And God slay Uzzah. And he died. And Moses had to, I mean, David, please, he had to take the ark and put it in the home of Obededom. And Obededom knew how to host the ark of God. Say with me, Obededom knew how to host the ark of the covenant of God. And because he did that rightly, the Bible said God blessed him. Everything he did prospered. Why? He learned. He knew how to host the ark of God's covenant. And so what happened? David became jealous of Abedadam. He heard that God's presence, the ark of God in his home. Now, Abedadam is now the most blessed man in the country because he has learned how to host the ark of God. Say with me, Lord, help me. Lord, teach me. Lord, I want to learn. How to host the ark of the covenant of the almighty God. This is our victory. Let all the demons in hell come out. Let Lucifer do his worst. Let witches and wizards and occult do whatever they can. I can guarantee you they cannot withstand the ark of covenant of the almighty God. We are in a season of power. And God must be glorified on earth. And man must know that man is not God. Because Satan has caused man to suck the breast of I. And I and I. I is in the greenhouse. I is in the blue house. I is in the white house. I is in the red house. I is everywhere. But this is the hour when I must go down. And God must be exalted. Somebody say hallelujah. 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 Make way for more. There's more for you. Limit me no more. Limit me no more. I am about to do a thing on earth that the ears that hear it will think of. Make room for more. You think you know God. You think you've seen God. You've seen nothing yet. Somebody say, Lord, I want to be in the center of your end time glory and manifestation. I don't want to be in the corner only to hear all you are doing. I pray for you. That you're not be lying on the hospital bed only to hear the testimonies. That you're not be in prison, in the drug, only hearing the thrush. But you'll be in the forefront of the glory of God made manifest in these last days. So you know the story. In First Samuel chapter 4, the ark of God was carried by the Philistines. Israel was defeated. And when they took the ark of God, the Bible says, they took the ark of God to their home, to the, to the house of their God. They took the ark to, the, to the, the idol temple, the temple of Dagon. They took the ark as booty. 
<laughs> Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and, and the next morning, Dagon has fallen down. Bowing down. They come and raise him back up. The next day, his hands, hands, hands caught. When you become and understand the dwelling place of the Most High, whoever carries you carries trouble. Because we don't need to do nothing. Who? We got him. We got him now. We got him. Uh-huh. All right. Let's see tomorrow morning. And today I declare, whatever is holding your life in captivity, whatever imprisons your destiny, your mind, any warlock locking your mind, binding your achievements, today the arm of God breaks the arm of darkness. And their resistance against your life fall in Jesus' name. Church, it is time you know the power of the ark of the covenant. God is a God of covenant. He is not religion. He is not faith. Everything we do must be done within the covenant. The covenant means, this is my body. Eat it. This is my blood. Drink it. That means you are no more your own. Self is dead. You are... And this is, listen, this is the biggest emancipator. There's nothing more wonderful for a human being to know. I am not my own. The case of my life is not upon my shoulder. Somebody is responsible for my life. I don't exist for myself. So what happened? In then, you have no personal enemies. And you have no personal trouble. Because that covenant means your trouble is my trouble. Your enemy is my enemy. He told Abraham, I will bless him that bless you and I will curse him that curse you. That's his covenant. He said, my, your enemy will be my enemy. I will fight and I, I will die. That's why Jesus Christ came. He came to die because Abraham's descendant Needed a savior. And he cannot stay in heaven as Abraham's covenant partner and let Abraham and his seed perish. Whatever it demanded, whatever they needed, even if it is him dying for them, he must do it. Because by entering the covenant with Abraham, he has bound himself to Abraham that he must give his life if Abraham demanded it. That was why he told Abraham, offer to me Isaac. And Abraham understood, as a covenant partner of God, I can't withhold from him anything. Even if it means my only son. I cannot withhold from my covenant partner anything. If he asks me for anything, I must do it. I don't even have to think about it. If he says it, I do it. Why? That's the voice of the covenant. Now, who gains 
the little gets from the greater. Can somebody say hallelujah? And so they carried the ark of God from the home of Dagon to Gad. And the ark of God inflicted on Gad emeralds. Their bodies start itching, rotting. They say, hey, take this ark away from here. They say, let's take it to, to, to the next town. From next town, God attacked them there. Take it another way. That God, I mean, the, the entire land of the Philistines was under pestilence and virus and infections and diseases. And they said, it is the act of God tormenting and torturing and killing us. God wants to make you so dangerous that no human dare touch you. That even before the devil even try to attack you, he has to think twice. Because he knows God will come. Somebody say with me, I know God will come. Anytime I'm in any situation, I always say, God, I know you will come. He can't help himself. He can't break the covenant of the blood of Jesus Christ. He, I, I, I hope you get this. This is no religion. This is not religion. Gatume karamaswa. Leziante Mazukamare, his eyes are on the blood of the covenant. That's why he is, his eye is there on the ark of the covenant 24-7. He is always mindful of the covenant, the word he has commanded to a thousand generations. His eye, his mind, God think covenant. God talk covenant. God dream covenant. God speak covenant. He is a stock in the covenant. He cannot help himself. He has bound himself to those who are in covenant with him with a perpetual oath. Then you say, then why am I in trouble? Because you don't understand the covenant. Because you are just a Christian. God is not bound to help Christians. Many of them are in hell. Kamales, Samayos, Makwara. This is the hour and time where we have to take a more earnest heed to the things which we have what heard. It is time for a home run. Go back and understand the covenant. That's why when David stood before Goliath, this huge mountain of a man. I mean, he's a destroying machine. <laughs> he, he's a professional killer. And he, he, he got all, when he speak, the entire area shook. Everybody trembled. Even the Jewish army trembled. They feared him. Why? And all of them who were afraid of Goliath were all circumcised. Those warriors, mighty warriors, they were all circumcised. But they were not walking in the covenant. You can be circumcised, you can be born again, but you're not walking in the covenant. And you forget that you are circumcised. All of them, they had a mark of circumcision in their foreskin. But none of them understood that they are facing an uncircumcised Philistine. And by the virtue of the covenant of God, they have with God, the almighty God is supposed to appear to help them. 
It is only a little boy called David that took some lunch to his brothers. When he came to the war front, he saw this mountain of a man, this professional killer, screaming at the army of Israel, intimidating them, frightening them, and they were hiding. And they were hiding with the mark of the covenant from the enemy. David came and said, What? Only, you don't, who is this man? This uncircumcised man who is not in covenant with Jehovah's about. My God. He said, how can this beast intimidate you when you have the mark of the, of the covenant in your foreskin? How can you be running from an enemy that is not bound to God and God's not bound to him. How can you be carrying the mark of the covenant and fearing this uncircumcised Philistine? David understood the power of the covenant. He said to Goliath, you come to me with your weapons of war and the name of your demon gods. I come! Against you. In the name of the almighty God. The God who is in covenant with Israel. I carry his mark on my foreskin. He is bound to help me kill you. And today, now, you're going to be supper for the birds of the air. When we understand, we are energized and empowered and emboldened. By the covenant. The realization that God is with me. That's not a religious jargon. God does not play with words. David said, I got a mark of the covenant. What does this mean? It means when I call on God, he will be there to deliver me. He said, the God with whom I'm in covenant with will put you into my hands. And today will be the last day. Come on, go ahead and breathe your last breath. We are about to finish. He understood the covenant. Everything God does, he does on the basis of the covenant. It is not Faith outside the covenant is nothing. You can scream. You can say, God, why are you walking in covenant? Are you living for him who died for you and rose again? Is it still I on the throne? Do you think with him, plan with him, walk with him, reason with him, and give him unlimited access into your life? Or do you serve self? Do you serve flesh? Do you serve demons in the world? Are you still bound to sin and bondage? Are you living against the promises of the covenant? As long as you are not living, even though you are circumcised, like all those Jewish soldiers were circumcised, but they were not conscious or aware or understand the mystery of the circumcision, that they are circumcised, they are partners with the Almighty God, that they don't need to fear their enemy. It is written there in the Bible. God told them, when you come before the, an enemy army and you are greatly outnumbered, don't be afraid. I am your partner in warfare. Call, give me a chance to manifest my glory in your midst. 
Whenever you fear the enemy, you are telling God, I don't trust you. And you are despising the blood of Jesus Christ. You are saying, God, you can't be trusted. You are not faithful to the covenant. That's why the, the, I cannot, I mean, fear is a luxury I can't afford. Sin is fear. And fear is sin. David understood the power of that circumcision. Jesus Christ was circumcised on the eighth day to the Abrahamic covenant. That was the first place where his blood was shed before it was shed again in Gethsemane and on Golgotha. Those are the three places. And so in his, when he was eight, eight days old, they had to cut him so that the blood of Abraham and his, the blood of God they would mix together. Because that is the terms when both of them in chapter 15 Genesis pass through the veil of blood. They become blood brothers. I, I wish we can understand it. <laughs> Lord, help our head. Uh, Sometimes you have to put your head in the fridge. Freeze your head. Leave out of your heart. Somebody say hallelujah. <laughs> Folks, I won't give you too much so you can come in the evening. I'm going to keep you half hungry. You guys are smart people. You better come in the evening. I have much to dig into with you, but it's going to be in the evening. And tonight, I want you to come ready to enter into the blessings of the covenant. You don't have to cry and beg God, God, please. What are you crying for? If you have the mark of the covenant in your heart, if you are born again, you are walking in covenant, you are aware of divine presence. You are always aware, I am not my own. The New Testament is in my blood. I live for God and God live for me. When you understand, God did not create me for me. He did not save me for me. He did not redeem me for me. He redeemed us, created us for himself. And when we let him come in, he come in the covenant presence. And when the enemy comes, you have to cry out, let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. You have no enemy. You have no trouble. When you buy a, 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 a bankrupting firm, you buy its debt. Is that right? When you're buying a firm that's going out of business, you buy everything it, it contains. Buy its debt. So when God bought you, he bought your debts. He bought your trouble. And he even took over your enemies. I wish you understand this. When God came and, and redeemed you, when Christ came to take you for himself, he bought all your trouble. Amen. Amen. He signed with his own blood and bought everything, your past, your present, and your future. I believe with all my heart, we are in an hour and time where the revelation of the covenant will become so clear to our hearts night and day. And you will see men and women, boys and girls, who are no more religious, but who are walking in the covenant presence of the Almighty God. And through them, God will do wonders. Today, I challenge you if you are here. If you have not entered the covenant with God, you believe in God, you gave your heart to Christ, yeah? You are like the Jewish armies who were circumcised, but never know that they, they never lived in that covenant. They are not aware of the terms and the promises and the possibilities of that covenant. If you are here today, you have not entered a covenant with Jesus Christ of Nazareth. 
You have not any day in your life understood what it means to become a child of God. What it means to be circumcised in the heart. Old Testament was in the flesh, now it's in the heart. It is itself being cut off. His eye being cut off and dethroned. If you today say, preacher, pray for me. Now I understand where I am missing it. And you say, now, Lord Jesus, I understand. Almighty God, the same God with whom Abraham was in covenant. I want to enter into covenant with you today by the blood of Jesus Christ. And you be my God, and I be your child. And all I am is yours, and all you are is mine. And you can die for me, and I can die for you. I cannot hold back from you whatever you need from me. My life is yours, and you are mine. We, are, we become blood brothers from today. That was why in the Old Testament time, even today it's supposed to be, the marriage is a covenant. That was why when a man marries a woman, in the first night of their meeting together, they have to put a white cloth. So the virginity of the woman will be proven by the blood on the stain. They stand on the, on the white cloth. You guys look at me strange. <laughs> you say, where do you find virginity anymore? They're all messed up now. <laughs> but you have to know that marriage is a covenant. Remember when Jacob married, Leah married, that's how they do it. You have to put the white cloth on the first night. When the blood stains the, 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 the bed sheet, then they know that the girl was a virgin. If not, she can be stoned. Because marriage is an oath, is a vow, is the covenant. It's not just a secondhand kisses. You have to know that you are in covenant with your wife, with your husband. That means no matter what happens, you can't leave. You are to die for her. She's to die for you because God is a witness to your covenant vow. God doesn't play with words. You can't go to heaven alone. God will ask you, where is your wife? Where is your husband? Go bring him. Like the woman, of the, the woman at the well. <laughs> he said, give me the water to drink. He said, go bring your husband. Did I need her? Did I need him? Yeah. He said, go. If you want the water, leave your water. Go bring your husband. That was the end of the matter. She never got the living water because she never brought her husband. Where is your wife? You kicked her, killed her, despised her. You are killing, you are committing a slow suicide. You think you are beating your wife. You are beating yourself. If men will understand, ask my wife. Brother, that woman... Your wife is a sacred thing. You rise or fall in her. You cannot go far than you do in your covenant with your wife and the covenant with Almighty God. Your prayer is a, is a barking of a dog if your wife is in the bedroom crying. You might as well stop praying. It's a waste of time. It's time for repentance. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Somebody here today, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You say, preacher, pray for me. I want to enter into an eternal covenant with the almighty God by the blood of Jesus Christ. One person, two person, three, four, five. Come on, lift up your hand right now. Don't be ashamed of God. Lift up your hand and say, preacher, please, I want to enter into covenant with the almighty God. I have for long been a Christian and a believer, but now I understand what it really means. And now pray this prayer, all of you, with your hands raised. Say, Heavenly Father, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob.
the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You sent your son to this earth to bring in the blood of the everlasting covenant. Now today, let heaven hear, let earth hear, let hell hear. I am entering to covenant with you by the blood of Jesus Christ. I declare from today, you are my God, you are my father. I am your child. All I am, all I have is yours. All you are, all you have is mine. I no more live for I. I live for you. Have mercy on me. Forgive my sins. Cleanse me with the blood of the everlasting covenant. Purge my conscience from every dead works. Today, I surrender my life to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let the Holy Ghost come and seal the covenant in my life. Lord Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. And I present my body to you, a living sacrifice. I confess I am not my own. I belong to Jehovah. I am in covenant with the Almighty, just as Abraham, just as Isaac, just as Jacob. I am in covenant with Jehovah by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. And amen. Come on, lift your hand and worship and thank him and praise him.